Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to one of our famed hard 40 editions of <laughs> Grown Men Watch This Shit. Or shit? Shit? We, I, I stopped yeah. saying it as a question a long time ago, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a question. I mean, are we, are we more sure of it now? Are we like, yeah, all right. We're 40 episodes in, we do officially watch this shit. <laughs> yeah. If there was any doubt, yes, we've been watching this shit the entire time. Yeah, yeah. But the the question was a lie to ourselves the whole time, really, wasn't it? <laughs> Finally, it wasn't quite a confession. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, for for our listeners playing at home, uh, the hard forty. This is the the second attempt at a hard forty edition of this podcast. It's where we try to keep this podcast to a hard forty minutes. Now, when we tried to do this last time, we failed miserably. I think an hour and ten. <laughs> and we're off to a terrible start with this uh, beginning preamble of how long the show may potentially or may not be. So <laughs> I, I think it's good because if nothing else, we'll have listeners at uh, at home tracking the podcast as we go, just knowing oh. how bad we're going to fuck this up. <laughs> All right, well, it's worth a shot. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, buddy? Oh man, uh, I uh, I believe we've both been having dog issues. Uh, I uh, was about to tell you in a, a, tech, a message, but I was like, why would I put it in a, a fucking Facebook message when I could tell you on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, poor Jelly, you know of her uh, her extended uh, broken paw issues and such. Well, now yeah. the other night she jumps off the bed, uh, comes back, and then her claw is just missing and oh. it's bleeding so yeah i fucking don't know what happened but she jumped off the bed and then fucking broken claw so i don't know if she just jumped off of it with like too much force or something but regardless it meant that uh we had to go into the vet and then uh they wrapped it up and then i said come back in a couple days and uh see if you know um, if it's if it's looking better, we we'll able to unwrap it. Uh, you know, mind you, it costs like fucking like seventy, sixty six dollars, seventy dollars just for that first vet appointment for them to like <laughs> look at it and wrap it up. Then come yeah. back. I went back this morning and uh, they they took it off, uh, only for it to look all kind of gross and infected. So now she's on uh, antibiotics, got it wrapped up again. Uh, another $66, and uh, then hopefully on Monday we'll be able to get it taken off and little Jelly will be feeling better. But, yeah, she's uh, she's on no no walk uh, time at the moment, so she's a bit sad. I bet. Uh, let's uh, keep our thoughts and prayers, as they say, in, uh, with little Jelly. <laughs> thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? You were telling me about Bronx's fucking tail. Yeah, dude, like, uh, I'm probably... I tend to be one who freaks out a bit. So anytime something's wrong with the dog, I'm like, oh, God, he's dying. Mm. No. Uh, uh, same, he's been lick, yeah, licking his tail and chasing his ass like very aggressively over the last couple of days. And I, he's got like a his 
people might be familiar with like a Boston Terrier. They have like little, sometimes kinky tails, a little screwy. And uh, sometimes the, the lead gets stuck on it, like when he's running. And I thought or suspected maybe he like turned a corner really fast and mm-hmm. might have cracked the tail or broke it potentially because it does kind of move around a little bit. But then the more I get calmed down, I, it, I think it might be something allergy-related, either change in environment or I did get him some new treats a while back. But it'd be weird that they just all of a sudden started making a itch. But I don't mm. know. Maybe it's flea medication time. Who knows? Yeah. Well, keep me posted. As I said, uh, if in doubt, I normally will uh, go to the vet. But I imagine it's probably even more expensive in your neck of the woods than it is for mine. Uh, a checkup, like just a quick look, is like about 35 bucks, but if they were going to go and look at a potentially broken tail, that's going to be an x-ray and that's going to yeah. be quite, quite costly. So if it's just a broken tail. It doesn't look like it's falling apart or it's severed anywhere where it's going to rot and fall off. So if it's just broken, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I'm just terrified of the prospect of hanging out with your dog and then, oh shit, your f- tail has rotted yeah. and broken off before me like some sort of zombie dog. Yeah, the part of me was, like, saying, well, what if he's so fixated on it that he starts chewing on it and, like, tries to gnaw the itchy part off? Like, my dog is insane. I don't know if you saw the picture the other day I posted of him getting at the Venetian blind, or the, yes. the blinds, the hanging but... blades. He broke one one day, and then I guess the, the, he realized how fun that was. The next day, he decided to destroy five of them in a large group. No, um, no, bro. And I came home... Yeah, dude, he's a fucking maniac. He's getting in the cardboard. He's in the terrible 10 months. Apparently, this is when dogs become jerks. <laughs> oh, dear. Speaking of jerks, I have a jelly uh, growling at me below the table because she has decided that uh, 4.54 in the PMs is her dinner time. It's generally ah. around about now, but still, you will wait, Jelly. You will wait. Oh, she insists. You better take care of it. She's... <laughs> Is on the mend. Yeah, wow. yeah, no, no. She, yeah, she's uh, she's alright. She's alright for now. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, other than that, I've been watching a lot of uh, Jim Crockett promotions uh, as part of this bloodiest matches list. I'm watching the, the lead up to the first ever War Games, and let me tell you, it's fucking great. All, all of these like Jim Crockett promotions promos. Are just gold, whether it's Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express. Like, there's just so much promo gold on this show. It just makes me so happy to watch wrestling. Nikita Koloff, the kind of guy that has the intensity that only cocaine can bring. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say a lot of this program is the intensity that only cocaine can bring. <laughs> yeah, I just remember seeing old Provocive or watching it back in the day. Like his, he's got all white eyes. Like you, can, you see every edge of his eyeball and his iris. Like he's the whitest eyes in the world. Like the most intense dude. Like yeah, that. Oh yeah. As a kid, you're like, oh, that guy's just amped up. As an adult, you're like, oh man, that guy is yacked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yoked out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh one of my favorite parts is just the this such over the top russian accent and like just the idea yeah. of like just an american's assumption of probably what a russian accent sounds like it just tickles me so much i love the whole the whole presentation and you you imagine that at some point they did at least 
listen to a little bit to get an, a, a basic idea of where they're going to go with the with the accent, but the, eventually it just you know develops in time. It becomes its own little certain thing. Yeah. So they gave them the key to growl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know Uncle Ivan would have probably run through some some practices with him to start with, but uh, yeah, yeah. This this is him in his baby face years. So once mm. they uh, once they turned. Uh, Nikita to become a babyface as uh, Dusty's tag partner against the the evil formidable force of the Four Horsemen. And might I say, one of the most surprising parts of this is just how fucking great a horseman Lex Luger was. He gets no credit. People bury him. He's like was not included in the the bullshit WWE Hall of Fame induction. Lex is killing it right now. I just want that to be to be said. I think Lex is one of the guys that more, most wrestling fans don't think he's very good because they're all hung up on work rate and people can do the most moves. And really, that's pretty stupid, in my opinion. Like, that's still cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I like a lot of moves. But Lex Luger is fucking awesome. He's like the, one of the coolest characters. And especially the total package in WCW later years when he was with Jimmy Hart and stuff. But it's just him, like, looking in the mirror and just looking at his muscles. Like, come on. That's just quintessential wrestling it's fucking great yeah yeah and i'm watching him here in 1987 and like i'm, I'm watching his in-room work because i expected him to be like you know green as all fuck but he's solid as shit like all of his stuff that he's doing he's not doing you know crazy outlandish stuff but everything he does look solid uh tight like there's there's no nothing where i'm looking at him and he's looking like you know one of these people from the indies that just look like they've only been training for six months like he's looking quite polished even in 1987. So, yeah, big fan of Lex right now. Yeah, I hope I hope more people turn around on Lex. A lot of fans kind of give him a lot of hard, give him a hard time. Yeah, his promos in 87 are bloody great as well, just as like part of the whole horseman presentation. You know, you get everyone kind of like jumping in with their, their 30 seconds and like, all right, over to you, Tully. What do you got to say? Over to you, Arn. And like, it's <laughs> so good, JJ. Um, but yeah, like, Lex is just gold in every bit. He's probably the most consistent promo of the lot of them, which is ridiculous when you're thinking about, you know, Tully Blanchard, J.J. Dillon, and Ric Flair. But in some of these ones, Lex is the one, the glue that's holding it together. So, yeah, shout out Good to Good old Flexi Lexi. Indeed. Uh, uh, all right, so let's uh, jump into uh, the things. I, I wanted to, before we get into the, the things that we, we watched today, make a special mention of uh, some, some current news that really got me down. Uh, a, a fucking legend of uh, your neck of the woods wrestling history. Uh, I mean, you know how much of a fan I am of uh, Portland wrestling. Did you hear the, the news about uh, the crippler Rip Oliver? Yeah, I just saw Farmer post about that. Yeah, fuck. He is like one of the just the all-time legends to me of the the Portland scene. You know, right up there with like Roddy Piper, uh, Buddy Rose. Like Rip Rip was there for a fucking long time. Probably the one of the most enduring heels of the Portland wrestling territory. Uh, head of the the Rip Oliver's clan, uh, which did not have the racial overtones that a lot of people uh, think it did. <laughs> One of those weird things to where you're like, wait, it's called the clan, huh? <laughs> it's just a group of dudes like, called a clan. Hey, everyone, the word clan was used well before the clan decided <laughs> to co-opt the word clan. There was clans. Yeah. Start for clandestine. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, but yeah, one of my favorite things, a little little memory of Rip 
Uh, I, I was watching just like a whole year long feud of uh, Rip Oliver's clam when they when they kicked out Buddy Rose and then Buddy Rose turned babyface and then it was the the dreaded clan uh, comprised of Rip and uh, the assassin. And uh, Dynamite Kid, Dynamite Kid actually had a fantastic run in, in Portland wrestling back in the early 80s at that time. But they actually had a, uh, like a stretcher type of thing uh, that they'd come out with. And it was, it was called uh, the Clans Carryout Service. And it had like a sign writing thing printed on the, on the stretcher. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the Clans Carryout Service. And it had the tagline of, we beat them and take them. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like, not only do they beat the guys up, they remove them and take them to the hospital. How considerate! <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of nice. They, I like how they do it as like they're they're dirty heels, but it's really they're just really great guys. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Rip, just great promo, awesome worker as well. He's one of the dudes that just doesn't get credit because like you watch Portland wrestling and you're like, this guy is like one of the best heels in the world right now. And but it's like that that Rip didn't didn't spread out because i guess he didn't have quite as much success in in other territories but uh man that got me down rip rip oliver entering hospice care i don't know i hope uh i don't know it's not much much hope you can have when someone enters hospice care but man dude was awesome yeah yeah um yeah what if any anyone wants to find out more about the history the fucking rich history of portland wrestling i reckon it's one of the best territories around there's a fantastic uh youtube channel uh called testosterone overload the dude that that runs it i don't know why the channel is called (laughs) that but it has just the most encyclopedic collection of portland wrestling like pretty much all of the main matches all the main storylines so much shit just in order you can watch like a a whole a lot of uh programs from like start to finish just some, some great stuff on there and some great matches so highly recommend that uh yeah so fucking hope uh hope you're doing okay there rip uh next up any any other news uh, on on your front sir uh literally on my front i have news Ooh. so i made mention in the past of maybe doing something wrestling related and i actually i followed through i did some wrestling interviews Ooh. at the tail end of the last without a cause show couple backstage videos or interviews to later be used in promotional material for a couple wrestlers. So looking to do more of that in the future. So that's fun stuff about me. That's awesome. I, I, I did, right after I did we put see... over a guy who's in hospice. <laughs> well, tangents, you know, <laughs> I, I did see your uh, sweet thing on, uh, on, on Twitter where your, your nephew, uh, <laughs> that you, you interviewed, gave you a bit of a shout out. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, man, looking good. I uh, I hope uh, this this leads to to more of that. You had a, even in that short clip that I watched, you had a, a good energy for it. I thought. I was gonna ask that, so it came off pretty good. No yeah. bullshit, just because you're my buddy. No, no, in the fucking what was it, twenty five thirty second clip I watched, <laughs> <laughs> you look good. Good, good. <laughs> nice, nice. And they said that t- camera adds ten pounds, so, but clearly there was at least ten cameras on me. <laughs> your your jacket was looking fine. I'll say that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, without any further ado, there are two things that uh, the description of this uh, this podcast will say that we're talking about is that the main event 
First of which, I discovered something the other week. Someone shared it, and I was like, holy fuck. Apparently, in the roundabout mid-80s era, Oprah came to a WWF show in Chicago and did a running commentary of it and interviewed a bunch of the wrestlers uh, backstage for her AM television show at the time. I had yeah, no idea before, of this. This is before Oprah was the Oprah she later became. It was when she was first popping off in Chicago and making a name for herself in the morning. But yeah, holy crap, what a video. <laughs> so this is like the whole thing, basically. It's like a 40-minute runtime that includes a couple of matches that she's doing commentary for, the interviews backstage, and man, this was a treat. This was just... It was, you know, I, I watched some Oprah in my time. I always enjoy her enthusiasm, and she just brings that tenfold to this. She's just like, Oprah knows nothing about wrestling, but she's having a fucking great time, and she's really happy to be there. Yeah. my uh, The commentary made it almost like it was like her and, uh, was it Johnny Valiant? Yeah, yeah, I think so. One of the Valiants. Yeah, yeah but they, they were just kind of, she was just bouncing all her questions off of him as he's watching the show. And it, a lot of the questions like were, you know, the goofy, novice, non-wrestling fan questions that when they, they're said out loud, they're hilariously funny to you. It's great. Uh, it's but, like a, some your, your buddy or a buddy's girlfriend is watching wrestling for the first time and she's just yeah. asking these questions and it's like, but it's Oprah. It's awesome. <laughs> One of my favorite ones, she's like, uh, it's almost like there's no rules out there. Or no, she's like, anything goes out there, right? And then Valiant's like, it's almost like it's that way, Oprah. It really is almost <laughs> like it's that way nowadays. <laughs> I, I was quite tickled by the bit where she's like, just confuddled by the nature of a tag match. It's like, so, so she just tags him and then, and then he's in. He's like, yeah. It's like, so so you'll just do that and then, you know, gang up on a dude and then when you're tired, you just have a break? And she's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I, I really loved it when she's like, well, why don't they just, why doesn't she just knock them out? Or something like, basically <laughs> to that effect. Like, good question, Oprah. Good question. They're definitely going to try. <laughs> yeah. There were some other bits where, like, the baby face was selling and she's like, he's pretty much done. Why doesn't he just pin him right now? You should pin yeah. him. He's finished. <laughs> Logic, <laughs> logic to dictate. Oprah is right. A lot of, lot of similarities there between uh, Oprah from 1985 and the current day Jr. in AEW when he's pointing out people's <laughs> shitty pins. <laughs> Both people bring in the truth. <laughs> oh, Tony, it's the Tiger Driver '98. <laughs> I fucking just as a side note, I hate when Excalibur says that's the Tiger Driver '98. Because it's not a fucking Tiger Driver 98. It's a double underhook pile driver. It's a J-Driller. Two yeah. fucking very different things. A Tiger Driver 98 is far it's more a power damaging. Bomb. Yeah, it's basically a power bomb where you land the guy really high in the most dangerous position possible. Fuck Isn't that it. the one that Tyler Bate uses? Oh, he calls it that, but that, again, no way. I think he calls it a Tyler Driver 98. Yeah, it's, it's not as high-angled on it. Yeah, yeah, but still, calling it 98, like alluding to one of the most dangerous ones that Misawa ever did is like just a fucking spit in the face of all Japan pro wrestling in my book. Oh, speaking of Misawa, I bet, are you stoked that Nikki Bella's making into the Hall of Fame? Oh, I don't care. I think it's fine. Like, I think it's totally appropriate that the Bellas would go into that fucking joke of a Hall of Fame. 
Like that 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 Hall of Fame is so many years removed from anyone treating it with any sense of credibility. So I don't know why people are like getting all up in arms about it. It's a fucking joke of a Hall of Fame to sell tickets for like one dude who decides, hey, on a whim I'll put this person in. So it's like, why the fuck wouldn't he put the Bellas in? Who cares? Uh- that was my subtle way of putting over Nikki's forearms, Masawa really? style. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she really lays it in, brother. Yeah, I mean, uh, she's uh, she's quite a quite a stiff worker. That <laughs> she's a student of strong style. Uh, I let's do this brief aside. Yeah, Hall of Fame. I don't care. People say one of their complaints is these Bella twins don't belong because they didn't like wrestling. Well. As somebody pointed out, I don't think uh, Frank Gotch and George Hackenschmidt had watched any TV wrestling. <laughs> those guys got over pretty good. Yeah, like all of those fucking wrestlers like from the, the fucking 40s through the 70s who were like fucking there because that is They're their way badass. of fucking making money. It's like they could not give a fuck about loving pro wrestling or whatever. They get in it because it's like a great con to make some money. And then yep. they're there, and they end up, you know, being fucking great and ending up loving wrestling. But it's not like there was some fucking nerds, you know, tape trading like yeah, myself. Imagine the prerequisite is you have to be a mark as a kid to be a, a Hall of Fame professional wrestler. That's, like, so stupid. Yeah. I mean, anyway. I, I still would not call the Bellas Hall of Fame professional wrestlers. but that's... They clearly are, Fred. They are in the WWE Hall of Fame, sir. The reality of the matter dictates that you are incorrect, unfortunately. But hey. (laughs) I'd say that's the Hall of Fame of WWE. It in in no sense is a professional wrestling Hall of Fame. That that is a different discussion for a different day, I think. God damn it. (laughs) So anyway, Oprah... Uh, she had three awesome. She had some awesome interviews. Yeah, I think the interviews had, were even better than the uh, the commentary, right? Hundred percent. So we got one from Jesse the Body, uh, another one with Ivan Putsky. We had Don Morocco and Mr. Fuji, and then we had uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, but just regular Hollywood or regular Hulk Hogan at the time. Mm-hmm. But I want to make mention of a comment that Hulk Hogan said. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about, sir. <laughs> she was talking, she mentioned how tan he was, and Hulk was like, I'm even darker than you, sister, or some shit. <laughs> I could not believe like, that line. Like, Oprah's like, doesn't even bat an eye. <laughs> so amazing, but Hulk was hilarious. Like, I it, loved how uh, Oprah was giving Hulk shit. Like, because Hulk... Busting Hulk, his balls good. Yeah, because he was like, it was funny. I almost thought every single other wrestler that she interviewed, like they kind of pro- approached it like a wrestling interview, but then she sort of like got into their their personality and made it more of like a you know a, a, a real character Oprah piece. character piece interview, you know. Um, and you got to get a little bit of a sense of who that dude actually is. Uh, but with Hogan, he was just there to do his fucking Hulk Hogan promo, and every time <laughs> Oprah tried to like take that off the tracks you could you could tell it was getting to him it's like yeah. i almost thought every other wrestler in it actually came across well but like in the context of it i'm like wow everyone else seems like they could actually be nice people but hulk hogan <laughs> really comes across like such a piece of shit yeah like there's a bit where he's like bragging about bragging about how um he's gonna take oprah on a night out on the town he knows all of the the top spots in the top clubs yeah, in chicago yeah, Mr. Yeah, T, Mr. T, T told T him. And then without a fucking breath gap, Oprah's just straight up just like, tell me one. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, and then he just like changes the subject or something. But, yeah. And then she starts grilling him about drug use. Yeah, <laughs> goes off about clean living. Like, oh man! But uh, I mean, he, he took that weird because that was coming off of the thing with Putski, where Putski was telling all of the kids out there, you know, you don't need to take the steroids or do the drugs, you know, just. You know, do it clean in the proper way, and don't don't go and drink that alcohol, and just trying to do that that classic, you know, story. So I guess she's trying to do the same thing of saying, you know, and you know, none of us are. She brings it up, but then I think Hogan thought that it's like he was was grilling him. Yeah, yeah, she was grilling him about them doing steroids, and then he got like even more Casey. Yeah, and he, I love when he just took off at the end, but really. (laughs) The the best the uh oh, fuck I just had it something he said oh man it totally escapes me now give me a second anyway continue I'll think about it yeah yeah I mean I love the Jesse Ventura one uh because Jesse was a, you know a heel pretty over the top heel but at the same time she like really sort of got past like the bravado there was a great bit where she was like so she said something about um why do they call you the body yeah that was it why do yeah. they call you the body <laughs> and then he just takes a moment looks at her and then just like why do they call me the body oprah and then just like cracks this amazing bicep over the top bicep pose and then just like the look on oprah's face was just priceless and then she's like so what do you like to do outside of wrestling jesse and then she just, golf. yeah, she just, he, again, doesn't even fucking take a, a breath to just be like, well, Oprah, I like to golf. Yeah, they actually had a great rapport between the two of them. I totally remember the Hogan thing now. Like, she asked him, uh, so I heard you when you first started out, you were kind of overweight and stuff. And he's like, yeah, then I started talking to the big man upstairs and got my vitamins and prayers, brother. <laughs> like, what? I was fat till I found Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, had a had a come to Jesus moment, and uh, God told me, "Don't be eating any more of that that fucking fried chicken or that candy." You know, it's time to just yeah. say your prayers, eat these vitamins, and and hit the hit the iron, man. Yeah. <laughs> so good, so good. Oh, and uh, yeah, fuck. Uh, there, was, there was something great in the Putski one. I can't even remember oh, it now. But... Dude, his, his little quote. He goes. Uh, sticks and stones my, my, break my bones, but what a word's gonna do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it went. <laughs> and he, oh no, he actually started off like, you know, the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what are words gonna do? <laughs> that's exactly how I remember that saying. <laughs> and God, good lord, Ivan Putsky. What a freaking body on that guy. He's ridiculous. Oh man, like, the Oprah most was just egg, like. Dude. She was she was just mystified by him, I think, the whole time. Every time he was, like, doing his, his muscle poses, she was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> and I forgot how big Don Morocco fucking was. Like Don Morocco the, came across as a nice guy as well, I thought. Oh, yeah, really personable. Like, what do you how, uh, what do you do when you're not wrestling? He's like, well, I spend a lot of time traveling from town to town. Like, really soft-spoken. <laughs> <laughs> no, spend time with my family. Yeah, and he's like a heel with Mr. Fuji. Like, yeah. they're totally <laughs> seem so delightful. This is like my non-stop thing of wrestling heels always better dudes than the baby faces from my experience. Oh, and that actually lends perfectly to the film that we saw. Oh, boy. So, this is what we've been talking about for the last two episodes of the show. 
building up this fucking wrestling movie that we're going to watch, Mad Bull. Uh, I was raving about it because I was somehow confused and thought that uh, <laughs> the dude that we've fallen in love with, Golden Moose Cholak, Moose Cholak. was in this. <laughs> Side note, not in the movie at all. Yeah, it was the best. Chris sends me a message like, yeah, I watched the movie. By the way, Moose Cholak's not in it. Still a good watch. <laughs> I feel like we've mentioned it enough times where we at least need to watch the movie, despite yeah. Moose's uh, presence or not presence. But uh, I, I guess one of the main reasons why he probably was not in it was because this this movie was quite ahead of its time. I think other than like the fucking wrestler with Mickey Rourke, this is one of the only movies that I can remember that is just brazenly breaking kayfabe from start to finish and in a way that's not insulting it actually it's got well, okay yeah that that is like a that seems like what would go down in wrestling except for you know all the fictionalized crazy stuff that later occurs but yeah it, like it came pretty straight straightforward like the the heels worked out at a separate gym they couldn't go work out in public because you know they'd get harassed or uh the booker was like literally in charge of the show. They tell he came out and made sure they didn't actually get mad at each other. Like it really was a behind the scenes look based around this fictionalized story. Yeah, for real. So this is 1977, uh, basically like a made for TV lifetime kind of movie. Uh, that was like, uh, it was kind of like a, a promotional vehicle for the, the main dude, the actor, um, fucking, what's his name, uh, Alex Karras, who was apparently a, quite a, a famous football player who um, ended up going into film, and he actually wrestled a, a bit um, from my, my research. Uh, but He yeah, was he, a TV show dad. Like, I think he yeah, was a dad yeah, real famous. Yeah. Yeah, but I, uh, I think he, he just did great the whole thing. But, I mean, there's a little... Uh, summary for people what would you say in uh, one sentence is a bit of a summary of what this what the premise of this movie is uh okay so we got this uh long time heel wrestler who uh is in a, a feud a with the a journeyman heel wrestler who's in a, a feud with this uh baby face team cocky guys uh but that's their real side personality they're baby faces but in real life they're jerks it's like what a, what a weird situation uh and we got uh our mad bull character who actually his father uh was into real wrestling and finds his amateur his professional wrestling quite shameful yes he's uh, quite disgusted by his son what he, what his son has uh, has done with his life his ex-wife, the same, finds <laughs> wrestling to be deplorable and uh, barbaric and mm-hmm. won't allow her, his son to watch it. The uh, son is getting the... bullied at school because the kids are telling him wrestling's fake. There's a heart, <laughs> heart-wrenching moment when the kid goes to his dad and like, Dad, is it really fake? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. And the, another great thing is the kids are calling uh, the kid Mad Bull Jr. at school. Not only they'll tell him wrestling's fake, but they're giving him his father's gimmick <laughs> at school. <laughs> but anyway, basically, it's uh, a story of him, you know, kind of almost sick and tired of wrestling. And then he finds his love for wrestling again when he finally gets a, a title shot. Uh, and then, well, what do you know? At the same time, there's a s- obsessed, scary fan. He also meets meets a, a great love interest at the at the local uh, local food grocery store, 
um, who is uh, I, I don't know. She she ends up being a bit a bit of a bad person as well, I reckon. But uh, yeah, she, she has a good point. Well, but, but yeah, yeah. But the we can't undersell the obsessive scary. <laughs> That's such a weird guy. <laughs> so this is he's basically like is it Travis Bickle from um, Taxi Driver. I can see a bit <laughs> of correlation there. But he get this. Did 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 he look familiar to you? He's fucking Bob, dude. Yeah, from Batman. Bob from fucking Batman with Jack Nicholson. My favorite Batman of all time. A number one guy. <laughs> I popped so big when I realized it was same, Bob. same man. I was like, this guy is just so great and creepy, and I honestly, it's such, it's a, it was a really enjoyable movie. No bullshit. Like, it was very seventies, uh, eighty-ish because it was slow paced. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some dialogue-driven scenes, not a lot of action, but. Wow, the the main event, the climax of the film, was this awesome cage match. And not to give too much away, but it's it's actually pretty well booked match. But the, the very very it's end, a when shoot, the music, brother. <laughs> as far as the movie goes, you know, I was actually on the edge of my seat. Uh, the, the anticipation music when they're both on the top of the cage, dude, was so great. Oh man. So there were just so many enjoyable things about this movie. Like, yeah. and, and it, it's great. I think one of my favorite things was that I'd, I'd fucking never heard of this movie before. And I'm the kind of person to where if I hear about, Ooh, this movie involves wrestling, I'll seek it out. You know, I've watched like so many movies, even just that, that have a brief thing about wrestling. Like I got so excited in Donnie Darko when that dude was dressed up as Hulk Hogan for Halloween. Like that's my level of uh, of wrestling fandom in film. So I didn't even know this fucking movie existed until I, I read about it. When I think yeah, the, Dave did a story about uh, Alex Karras in the Wrestling Observer a few weeks ago. That's how I got onto it. But man, I, it was such a treat to watch. I actually forced a bunch of my buddies to watch it all together as well. Uh, last Saturday night, we all got together and uh, it's like, what are we gonna do? Well, uh, I have this movie that we've been talking about watching on the podcast for a while, and I have to watch it, so let's do it. And uh, one of my friends, Mitch, uh, was very much not a fan of this idea. He was proposed like 10 other movies we could watch instead. Uh, but uh, now Bradley was, was on board, and uh, yeah, we, we all just watched it together, and I think at the end all of us were like, fucking low expectations, but great movie. Agreed. I, I definitely was almost expecting not to enjoy it and have feel it to be a chore by the time I was done, but I really enjoyed the whole damn thing. And one of my favorite parts is uh, they clearly interviewed wrestlers for this movie, and they got the most famous line ever that any wrestler has ever said about professional wrestling. The booker reminded the guys, hey guys, this isn't ballet. <laughs> After the baby face on purpose breaks the heel's arm just because he's a dick. Mad Bull's brother. The what was his name? The assassin? Something. Uh, The executioner. The executioner. Who actually was a lovely guy. Great nicest executioner you will ever meet. Yeah, that was the one of the best parts. (laughs) The announcer. I don't know what I'm seeing here. 
the the good guy or the champion is is cheating and the bad guy <laughs> is playing fair or whatever he said. I love that that announcer was was one of our, our favorite parts of the whole movie. Like we were watching listening to this announcer and we're just like just the reverence that he gives the littlest things makes me care so much more. Like if I was watching wrestling today and it was like I cannot believe it. This wrestler is breaking the rules. Shocking. <laughs> like, just got me so much. The announcer was yeah. just fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Man, it it, uh, it did a great job of, of getting you getting you invested in the story too. I, I really cared about the plight of Madball about, I'd say, even a third of the movie in. I'm like, I, I really care about this guy. I really hope his life improves. Oh, Things they also did the other well. cliche. Uh, Mad Bull is now more serious about his wrestling career, so he's wearing trunks. <laughs> he oh, goes yeah. from tights to trunks. Well, that was great because it's like there was two things. We had an amazing montage of him training with his hard-ass, real shooter European wrestling dad, and the guy oh, yeah. making him like run along the the back of the the car, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. he's like, all right. All right, you, you're tired. You're done. He's like, yeah, yeah. All right, we're done for today. And he's like, all right, one more mile. He's like, oh, dad. <laughs> Great <laughs> training I'm, music as well. I love the line. What's your strategy to beat him? I'm going to wrestle him. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we're going to probably give away too much of the damn movies. You guys got to watch it. It's fucking great. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. If you have Prime, that's where I watched it. Yep. Oh man, so so good. There's so many little things in there that's just almost like it's it's just a treat. There's like moments that you'll laugh. There's moments that you'll almost cry, and there is perhaps the greatest final scene that wraps up the entire movie of all time. That just I I don't know how to describe this without like completely spoiling it, but you know what I'm talking about. Which part? The basically the climax of the movie of uh, of uh, after the, oh, yeah. the match and then the, yeah, the yeah, things yeah. Have <laughs> involving a pickup truck. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh man, that was so funny. <laughs> man, I just found that movie tremendous in every way. Oh, oh anyway. wait, one, one more thing before we go. Mm-hmm. When uh, the, the stalker guy was trying to push him off the road, they kept on shooting back to what was clearly the two stuntmen driving the cars. And the guy who was getting rammed into, when they kept sh- actually showing his face, he's freaking out. Like, no, what's going on? And they show the stuntman. Because he's a stuntman, he's calm and cool and collected because he's doing these stunts. No expression whatsoever on his face. He's just got his hands on the wheel and driving. <laughs> the guy he's representing is apparently freaking out. They keep on cutting <laughs> back and forth. It's so great. you got to watch it again. Hey, he's not there to act. He's just there to take crazy bumps. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not going to actually express it with my face. I'm too busy making sure I don't actually crash this car as somebody runs into me. There was, I remember one bump where I was just thinking that stuntman fucking died. It looked terrifying. Dog, shut up. He's whining. He's right here. He's whining. He's got a itchy tail. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we we have like 40 seconds, 30 seconds. 
to keep we're this gonna make it 40 i think we can oh shoot well we should actually bother about something else uh my trip to uh tampa i just booked my flight so i will be in florida for wrestlemania weekend i imagine you were still a no-go correct yeah, yeah, it got to the point where I was like, hey, I can either do this uh, or I can do bowler. And uh, to me, our uh, our bowler times, uh, in my, I think, better than the, the Mania weekend times. Uh, so I think I'm going to hold on to that. And uh, I don't know if I was mentioned to you, but I'm almost hopeful I might be able to do all out as well, depending on, on when they um, announce it. So that'd oh, be very a nice. Sweet uh, double header. But yeah, we'll Very see how nice we go, and... but I'll definitely be uh, coming over and um, hanging out with y'all for Bowler. But yeah, I hope you guys have a tremendous WrestleMania weekend. You think we can squeeze uh, Mexico in again? No, I think we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can oh, finally warm. see that, uh, that Lucha Libre show. Yeah, I won't worry about my tattoo so much and maybe go see some more strippers. <laughs> <laughs> One is a tremendous uh, travel guide, just so everyone knows. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, we did it. <laughs> we did. Man, look at us. Hard 40. I mean, it's, it's becoming a bit more of a soft 40 now that we're at 40 minutes and uh, oh, 41 minutes there. So I, th- <laughs> I think we still did good. Yeah, all right, before we get out of here, let's do some uh, plugs and of not only ourselves, but cool shit. Uh, I want to plug my Twitter and Instagram. It's at James Vanderbeek, J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek. Uh, I also do two other podcasts now. One, The Steel Cage with Derek Montilla. You can check that one out at The Steel Cage on Twitter. And I am part of a show called The Jabroni Journal on KISW's podcast page on KISW.com. So if you haven't gotten enough about me talking about wrestling, there's some more. Uh, And then lastly, the cool thing I want to plug is there's this new show on Amazon Prime, and it's freaking dope. It's called Hunters. It's got Al Pacino in it. And the premise is uh, there are Nazis that have escaped to the U.S. and they're being hunted down by this team of Nazi hunters, Ooh. and it's fucking great. That sounds incredible. I've seen posters for this, and I was pretty much into it just because of Al Pacino. Uh, but I was hoping the movie it would be good as well. So it's good. Yes, very, very, very good. It's Wonderful. kind of weird at points. It doesn't know what it wants to be. Like it's very serious at points, and then really fucking silly and slapsticky, and then. I don't know. It's it's all over the place at points, but it's really enjoyable. And Jordan Peele has a hand in it, so honestly, it's a fun ride. Nice. Uh, yeah, it reminds me a bit uh, by the sounds of it of uh, the Glorious Bastards plot. Oh yeah, it's but it's like uh, in a, it's based in like I think the early fifties or sixties. Right. So yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I will check that out. That sounds wonderful. Okay, uh, on to uh, my plug skis at Chris Things on Twitter, at Chris Things on Instagram, all the wacky wrestling art that you could uh, hope for. I um, also want to give a shout out to our friends at Social Suplex, uh, the great guys that keep this magic happening. Uh, the Social Suplex Wrestling Podcast Network, consisting of, in addition to the Grand Men Podcast, uh, great shows such as 
One Nation Radio, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, All Elite Show, and Keeping It Strong Style. All of that at socialsuplex.com. Follow us at Grown Men Pod. And for my cool shit plugski, I uh, just wanted to put over, it's been a long time since this came out, in no way current, but I just listened to that uh, Killer Mike Ric Flair song. Are you familiar with this one? I I don't think I've heard it. it just but I has, remember it went down. It's like a compilation of like four different amazing Ric Flair promos from uh, from Crockett. And just like Killer Mike, like just in it's everything that's great about Killer Mike. Uh, but yeah, and just fantastic Ric Flair promos and just the, the beautiful meeting point of uh, territorial wrestling and uh, Killer Mike hip hop is just one of the best things ever. So yeah, I believe it's just tight. called, it's Killer Mike and it's just called Ric Flair. It's amazing. Woo. Woo. <laughs> so subdued. It's a very relaxed woo. Yeah, well, they can't all be crazy, loud, high-pitched woos. Some of them are just like a woo. Like Most people uh, are sleeping. Like, um, what is uh, Will Ferrell's character in Eastbound and Down, the Ric Flair one? Uh, Ashley something. I yeah, but yeah, he, he dropped some low keys, like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> uh, that's honestly... Before we get out of here, what a brilliant idea. <laughs> that, uh, Will Ferrell's just like, yeah, I'm going to have a Ric Flair-themed character. And then we do. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, right, one cool. of the best things that he's pounded down. But that's a great 100%. show. 100%. Yeah. Oh, All right. before I get one, – one last thing. Hmm? Dude, I've gotten through eight seasons of Curb. What a fucking oh, show. Oh, man. What, did you just jam them all together or you've just uh, finally – I've been cranking them all out. I've never watched them before. Dude. I always – I started the first season like three times. I watched the first three episodes and then forget about it and start over again. And then this time I go, no, I'm watching it. So fucking Curb rules. Oh, man. It's been one of my favorite shows for so long. I haven't even started the new season yet, but I loved the last one uh, tremendously. Uh, oh, if you've watched it recently, is the, the wrestling episode fresh in your mind? Uh, I don't know if I've gotten there. I'm not all the way through eight. No, no, this is Did... like back in season two or three. Oh, where, I'm uh, not he's, my mind. He, he basically tells this wrestler's kid that wrestling's fake. And then the wrestler, the kid's dad, who's a wrestler, gets really hot at him. Oh, hell yeah, I remember that part. <laughs> yeah, because he originally, it, it's, it was the guy, Taylor Maine or whatever, uh, yeah, he originally runs into him on, on the road. Yeah, okay, totally. Yes, I do remember. That was great. Yeah. So Larry David's the man. I'm Larry David, and I occasionally, or I happen to like wearing women's panties. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite line so far. All right, let's get out of here. Hard right. 45. Soft 40, yeah. Oh, hard 46 and change. <laughs> get swifty, ladies and germs. Thanks, guys. All right. Look at that. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you.